Oh, that was a physically painful town hall, and you and I are going to relive it coming up tonight on I'm Right. I've heard you speak about it because you always, I'm not being solicitous, but you, you're always straight up about what you're doing. And the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are, why can't the, the, the experts say, we know that this virus is in fact, uh, um, uh, it's going to be, uh, or excuse me, we, we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, we're going to come back to that in just a second. I just want to, I want to say this. Because you and I have talked about this before. We're going to talk about it again right now. I'm not one of these people who believes in equality. I don't believe in it. I, I think it's a total farce. It's been used by the communists to destroy so much of this country, so much of the West, period. We're not equal. You and I aren't equal. I'm not equal to that guy. You're not equal to that guy, that girl. People are not equal. We're all born different. God made us all different with different skill sets, and that's fine. I'm never going to play in the NFL. I'm not athletic enough. I'm not equal to those people. President is really, really important. President of the United States of America, wrap, wrap your mind around this. It is the most important job on the planet. There is one of those jobs available and it is the most important job on the planet. Part of being president of the United States of America is speaking. You must be able to speak in the same way the quarterback has to be able to throw the accountant has to be able to add and subtract. Joe Biden, as president, he must be able to hold thoughts in his head and speak. Joe Biden is not qualified for the job in which he sits. This is really, really, really important. Now, yes, we're going to laugh at Joe Biden tonight, and we're going to yell at Joe Biden tonight and all these things. But Keep in mind, as we go through all these clips, and, and I'm going to play that one again for you here, because I want you to think about this. As you, as you watch this clip for a second time, remember, this goes beyond a president who has mental issues, I think we could safely assume. This goes beyond a president who has speech issues. We're in a situation now where China especially, Russia too, but China especially, they are getting really, really, really aggressive. And there's a reason. They think we're weak. And when Joe Biden does a CNN town hall, it's more than just fodder for my show so you and I can laugh and yell about it and whatnot. When Joe Biden does a town hall, the people running China, they watch too. They watched every single minute of that last night. So as you watch this again, let's just take this in for how serious it is. The leaders of China who want Taiwan, they want to get aggressive, they want to dominate America, they want to take over the number one spot in the world. They sat down in their Chinese chairs and they watched as our president spoke like this. I've heard you speak about it because you always, I'm not being solicitous, but you, you're always straight up about what you're doing. And the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are, why can't the, the, 
the experts say we know that this virus is, in fact, uh, um, uh, it's going to be, uh, or excuse me, we we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. China watches. Vladimir Putin watches. The world's wolves watch when the president is on television. What do you think they're thinking right now? What do you think they're thinking? Oh, yeah. And when he actually could get the words out, he was lying. This is what he had to say about kids. Everyone over the age of, under the age of 12 should probably be wearing a mask in school. That's probably what's going to happen. Secondly, those over the age of 12 who are able to get vaccinated, if you're vaccinated, you shouldn't wear a mask. If you aren't vaccinated, you should be wearing a mask. Again, I'll ask, why are we still telling these lies and pretending they're truths? And I'll tell you why, because we don't have a media. We don't have any cultural institution that will challenge the blatant lie that's out there that kids are at some unique danger from coronavirus. Why is this still a thing? I saw it again in my neighborhood. I'm in the suburbs of Texas, healthy teenage boys walking around outside with masks on. We have a year and a half of data now. This is not a new coronavirus now. We have a year and a half of data, hospitalizations, people dying. We know. We know who's at risk. We know who's not at risk. Children are not at risk from coronavirus. Why persist? Why are we still doing this thing? I believe the number is, I'll have to look this up. I believe the number is 330 kids total have died from coronavirus. And virtually every one of them had some horrible pre-existing condition. Your healthy child is not at risk. If your child gets coronavirus, he'll be fine. This is not controversial. This is the science. I've been told. I've been lectured endlessly for a year and a half now. Follow the science. Why don't you believe the science? Follow the science. It's in black and white. All right. I'm going to calm down here. Um, He also told this blatant lie. And again, before I play this for you, I want you to understand. I've talked to you about this before. But remember, this is why it's so dangerous when one hive mind, one ideology takes over all of your cultural institutions, takes over all of your cultural pillars. Because you should have, when the President of the United States of America steps up and says a blatant lie, you should have different cultural pillars calling him out on that lie. They're powerful enough to do it. You should have a media that will call him out on that. You should have a, a entertainment. Hollywood should call him out on that. Sports stars should call him out on that. The educators in this country should call him out on that. Major corporations should call him out on that. The, your pillars, they should call him out on that. But because they all have one mind, one ideology now, they don't. What he says here is a blatant lie. The, the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. What? What? We have endless examples. CNN has their own headline. Quote: A White House official and senior Pelosi aide, both fully vaccinated, have tested positive for coronavirus. They're not the only ones. Remember those Texas Democrats. All vaccinated, 
they keep coming down with coronavirus. What he said there has no factual basis whatsoever. And yet, you can't get a single cultural pillar calling him out on that today? That is an outright black and white lie from the President of the United States of America. But when you control all the cultural institutions, you get away with these lies. So, you know the Democrats are the anti-police party. You know who was out there saying defund the police. You watched it happen for a year and a half. It's not a mystery. Well, here's what Joe Biden had to say about it. How do you respond to Republicans who try to paint you and your party as anti-police? They're lying. Lying. Hmm. It's weird. I'm looking at a bunch of headlines here. AOC calling to defund the police, Democrat. Rashida Tlaib, Democrat, no more police. Ilhan Omar calling cops actually a cancer that we must amputate on and on and on and on. And but those are just a few of the highlight examples. We all know who the defund the police party is, but we also know this. Those midterm polling numbers must be looking real bad for Democrats if they're running away from this, this issue now. And I'm sorry, you don't get to get away with that because people are dying in droves in these big cities because of this insane blame the cops nonsense. Just because you or I are still above ground, we should not just ignore the fact poor people in big cities are being slaughtered in record numbers because of Democrat anti-cop rhetoric. That's a fact. That is a fact. So... You know what inflation is, right? You and I have talked about inflation, the, devalue, the, the devaluing of the dollar. That's all it is. And how does the dollar get devalued? Well, you print and spend too much money. You print too much money, and it's not backed by anything now, so it devalues the dollar. Now, I call our country a system now. I call it the system because they can tell outright lies now out of nothing. You don't even have to twist the truth. You can just tell an outright lie and get away with it. That the president of the United States is comfortable saying this about inflation on national TV says our entire system is irreparably broken. You're pumping all of this money into the economy. Couldn't that add to... No, the, the, look, here's the deal. Moody's today, when our Wall Street firm, not some liberal think tank, said, if we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will, in fact, reduce inflation. Reduce inflation. Reduce inflation. I don't know anybody, including Larry Summers, who's a friend of mine, who's worried about inflation, is suggesting that there's any long-term march here if we do the things we're going to do. Yeah. You just spend a bunch of money you don't have, and it'll reduce inflation, right? That's how that works. How does he get away with this? Oh, by the way, the guy he cited, he wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post saying the risk of inflation is real. But again, you get away with it. You get away with it when you have a system, when you don't have real separate institutions anymore, when you have one mind, one ideology, you get away with lying for an hour on national television. And... Joe Biden's mind, his deteriorating pudding brain of a mind, it does, it does help us now and then on the right because he can't control it and he gets really, really honest. I mean, look, 
Small businesses have been absolutely slaughtered over the last year and a half. Oh, don't get me wrong. Amazon's doing well. All the big businesses are doing fine. Small businesses have been crushed. How concerned is Joe Biden about small businesses and small business owners? Well, here's how concerned he is. I think your business and the tourist business is really going to be in a, in a bind for a little while. John, my guess is that um, people being 7 $8 an hour plus tips, that, that's, I think, John, you're going to be finding 15 bucks an hour or more. Why aren't you paying more? Don't tell me you're worried about your small business. Why aren't you just taking all that money you make and just giving it to the dishwasher? That's how small business works, right? Now, remember this. When you point out the destructiveness of the communist policies to the communist, you're not affecting him. It's a religion of domination and destruction. When you point out to Joe Biden, when you point out to his communist handlers, when you point out to anybody in the communist Demi Democrat Party that their policies defund the police, it's killing people. Their economic policies are trashing the, the, the economy. When you point out that spending that much money will increase inflation, they know. They don't care. The destruction, that's the idea. Until you get to the point where you will accept the, in, the destruction is intentional, these are people who intend to bring down the United States of America, until you get to that point, you will never be able to fully understand and combat these people. You'll never be able to do it. All right, we got a lot more show for you tonight. I have more Biden bites you haven't even seen yet. But first, you know we have an app. There's a First TV app. You can get right here on your phone. You can watch me all day, every day. You can watch the first on demand. You can watch the first live. And that's me, Bill, Buck, Dana, Mike, the whole lineup. Watch us all. Go get it in your app store, and we'll be back. What if I don't care about January 6th? I'll be honest. I don't think we've ever had this talk before. I don't care about January 6th. I don't. No, I don't think this was some great day, not, not, any stretch, not by any stretch of the imagination, but it also wasn't some violent coup. It wasn't an attempt to take down the government. The only person killed that day was one of the protesters killed by an officer. We still don't know his name. Uh, I don't care. And maybe I should. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I'm supposed to care, but I don't. And the louder they whine about January 6th, the less I care. Because you know what I see? You know what I see in all this garbage? I just see an attempt to make something very small, very big, so the Democrats have an excuse to sick, to sick the powers of government against you and me. That's all I see. That's why they won't stop talking about it all the time. No, I don't care about January 6th. I care about inflation. I care about America's cities burning down. I care about the border being wide open with disease and criminals pouring into this country. I care that China's taking over the world. I care about a lot of things. I don't care that a couple congressmen had to hide under their desks for two minutes on January 6th. No, obviously it's not a great day, but I'm, I'm way past the point of caring. And if you're mad at me about that, I don't care about that either. Because at this point in time, I know what this whole thing is. They started some new January 6th commission. Nancy Pelosi, of course, started a new January 6th commission. Well, she kicked off Jim Banks and Jim Jordan. 
just booted him right off the commission. Why? Well, we all know why. We all know why. So, by the way, Kevin McCarthy responded and yanked them all off. But we know why. Because those were two guys who were going to go in there and then report on all the dirty things the Democrats were doing. They were going to walk out of those meeting rooms and say, ah, these people aren't even looking into January 6th. These people are just in this to make all Republicans look bad. I don't care about January 6th because I don't trust the DOJ. I don't trust the FBI. I think the FBI is now the weaponized enforcement arm of the Democratic Party. That's why all over the FBI's social media page, you see a thousand wanted posters for grandma wandering through the Capitol and not one for Antifa or Black Lives Matter. Not one. Weird, isn't it? I know what this whole thing is. This whole thing is a sham and it's dangerous. This is dangerous. An attempt to make people on the right enemies of the state, I mean, that might be the biggest thing happening in the country right now. And they're not backing off and not slowing down on this. Jim Jordan went off about it. This has always been about politics uh, and the, today's actions of the speaker just confirm that. But frankly, uh, and I've said this before, what else are they gonna talk about? I mean, they've been they're so focused on the January 6th committee. What else are they going to talk? Are they going to talk about crime? The fact that crime is up in every major urban area in this country? They're going to they're talk about the border crisis? I don't think they're going to address the fundamental question. The fundamental question of why wasn't there a proper, uh, proper security presence at the Capitol that day? They're not going to address that. And only one person can answer that question. Only one. Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. My hunch is... My hunch is, the reason I don't want to address that question, my hunch is, is because what happened all last year? The Democrats normalized anarchy. They normalized rioting and looting. And when rioters and looters attacked our law enforcement personnel, when rioters and looters destroyed small businesses, what did Democrats do? They went out and raised money to bail them out of jail, and they continued to talk about defunding the police, and in fact did that in all these major urban areas, which is why crime is up. So they don't want to talk about that stuff. They just want to be partisan. They just want to continue to attack the former president. They want to play their political game. They do. And he's right. I know what all this stuff is. It is a gigantic distraction. And it is an effort to make you evil. To make you a criminal. Are they going to succeed? I have to tell you. I'm not so sure they're going to fail. Over 90% of the federal government, not not Democrats or Republicans elected, 90% of federal employees, over 90%, they all vote Democrat. All these bureaucratic agencies, they don't like you. They look at you and they think, I wonder what we can do about him. I wonder what we can do about her. It's a big deal. And why don't I have very much faith we're going to be able to stop him? Well, we still have Republicans like Liz Cheney. The attack on this building... Uh, on January 6th was the worst attack on this Capitol uh, since 1814. It was an attack on our Constitution. Uh, we supported what would have been the very best option, which was a bipartisan independent commission. The minority leader opposed that. He lobbied against it in the Senate and the Senate blocked it. The American people deserve to know what happened people who did this must be held accountable. This investigation must go forward. The idea that anybody would be playing politics 
with an attack on the United States Capitol is despicable and is disgraceful. Hard to figure out why she's getting absolutely crushed in her primary, at least as far as the polls go in Wyoming. It's really hard to figure that out. Look, this is what the communist always does. And yes, there are Republican communists too. Whenever you oppose them, whatever you do, Obama used to do this all the time. They always say you're doing what? Playing politics. Quit playing politics and just do all the things I want to do. Stop playing politics and let me leave the border open. Stop playing politics and allow me to start my commission to make Republicans out to be a bunch of monsters. Quit playing politics. Are you playing politics? Be very wary. Every single time they say something about playing politics, as soon as they accuse you of playing politics, this is what you know. You know whatever you're doing, it's effective. It's being effective at stopping them. That's why they call it playing politics. That's fact. Now, we have a former congressman coming up. He's going to talk to us about crime and race relations in America and a bunch of other things. But first, do you own a home? If you do, you have to understand how financially vulnerable you are. These cyber criminals, they don't sleep. They're always online looking for your home title. Your home title is online now. It is. It's all part of the cloud. If they get their hands on it and it's easy for them, they're going to do this. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's, it's in my name, or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Don't get burned. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock will detect any tampering and shut it down immediately. And if you use the promo code RADIO, you can get 30 days of it for free. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be right back. We're there to seek the truth. We're not, we're there to get the truth, not to get Trump. Uh, T-R-U, truth. Trump, that seems to be what the other side is obsessed with. I'm not, still not totally sure what she was trying to get at there. Uh, she's just such a vile human being. Joining me now to talk about that is Dennis Ross. He's the director of the American Center for Political Leadership at Southeastern University, also former congressman, I should point out. Uh, Dennis, <laughs> this January 6th stuff has gotten so transparent, at least to me. This is clearly just an effort for Democrats to weaponize the government against their political opponents. Am I missing something? I don't think you're missing anything at all. Look, that's their last best hope to try to hang on to the majority in 2022. If we want to go to the source of what's going on here, let's go to Portland. Let's go to Seattle. Let's go to Minneapolis. Let's go everywhere else where the, uh, these rioters were taking over our local governments. And the local governments were letting them do that. You know, January 6th was a travesty. And, and as a former member of Congress, I I'm absolutely appalled that it even occurred. But we have to remove the politics if we're ever going to find out what really happened, how it happened, why did the police stand down, why weren't there reinforcements, and that's not happening right now, and it won't happen under the circumstances that Nancy Pelosi is trying to impose. 
Dennis, I, I can't tell you how many emails I get from people who think the Federal Bureau of Investigation is now the political arm of the Democratic Party, and frankly, I've seen nothing to tell me that's untrue. Now, that's a dangerous situation for the United States of America if the federal police are now just Democrats in disguise. What do we do about this? It frightens me, too, if there's any truth to that, Jesse. It really, really, really does, because that's, 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 that's taking us over the edge that we don't need to be when, when uh, our law enforcement becomes politicized and political in, their, uh, in, in the execution of their duties. You know, I can only hope, and I do hope, uh, that that's not the case. Uh, we've got to have strong investigations. You know, the Oversight and Government Reform Committee uh, should be looking into this, although it's under the, the tutelage of the Democrats. 2022 may be the difference. We win the majority. We start the investigations. You know, under the Trump administration, we were looking into the Department of Justice. We were looking into the FBI, and we were seeing things that were making us very concerned about uh, independent agencies that were not being independent. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. I just don't want to think that way, but we have to be prepared, and we have to be able to get the authority by getting the majority to start the investigations into the FBI and the Department of Justice. Agreed. If we get that authority and we do investigate and we do find that it's bad, is it is Congress capable of reforming it or does this have to come from a president? Is a president capable? I mean, Donald Trump was there for four years and none of it got reformed. That idiot Christopher Ray still running the FBI. Do we have the authority to do it or are these people just there forever? Jesse, the, the Congress has the ultimate authority. But understand, when I was in Congress for eight years, we were the majority. We had a 25-vote majority, and we couldn't pass anything. The Democrats have a five-vote majority, and they're passing everything. We've got to be convicted on our principles and say, we're going to get this done. Yes, Congress can get it done. But Congress why, has got to take don't... the initiative. Why don't we pass <laughs> it? What, what, is, what is the holdup? Is it, is it leadership? Is it the rank and file? What is it? Well, right now it's because uh, Nancy Pelosi's in charge. That's why nothing's going to yeah. happen. But if you su if assume that the Republicans take control of 2022, which I firmly believe they will, then leadership has to take the initiative. They've got to corral their, their, their 218 votes to pass this and then get it passed in the Senate. Look, this has to be a major issue. We can't have law enforcement, at the federal level especially, intimidating our lives. I mean, already we're going to defund the police on the local level. That's failing miserably, by the way, for the Democrats. A nationalized police force is not going to be good for this country. And, and, and Congress needs to step up to the plate and take the initiative and restrain that. Well, it's funny you brought up defund the police because I watched the president of the United States of America last night and he had this to say. Well, actually crime is down. Gun violence and murder rates are up. Guns. I'm the only guy that ever got passed legislation when I was a senator to make sure we eliminated assault weapons. The idea you need a weapon that can have the ability to fire 20, 30, 40, 50, 120 shots from that weapon, whether it's a, whether it's a 9 millimeter pistol or whether it's a rifle, is ridiculous. Well, I have several 9 millimeters that I can shoot 120 shots from. He's definitely very educated on this. But, Dennis, crime is down. How can you get away with that as president of the United States? I understand that people are partisan left to right. That's a blatant lie. 
it, 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 it flies in the face of the facts. Just last weekend in Chicago, Chicago, by the way, which has some of the most restrictive gun laws in this country, had 54 shootings and eight homicides. Just last weekend. What are we going to do there? Pass more laws? It's the enforcement of the laws that has to take place. And who's going to enforce the laws? Our law enforcement officers and our prosecutors, not always giving prosecutorial discretion to, to not prosecute. I mean, we are a nation of laws. We have to uphold those laws. We have to enforce those laws. And more laws aren't going to make us any safer from gun violence. Education, better mental health laws, people who have the ability, like all of us, to practice personal responsibility. These are issues that we've got to take on, but we have to be advocates for the right reason, not just to say we want more laws. I am a fan of cities. Obviously, I'm more of a country guy. I grew up in Montana, but I love cities too. I'm not one of these Republicans who hates the city. I love New York City. I love Chicago. I, I love these places. I see these cities going downhill fast, and I don't have any indication in front of me they're going to reverse course. And I think that's bad for the country if American cities are going to become open sewers. Couldn't agree more. I, uh, I, I'm from a small town, a medium-sized town here in Florida, in between Tampa and Orlando. Lovely place. We have, our local police department has 90 applicants from the New York City Police Department wanting to come oh. here. Why? Because they want to get out of the big cities. They're not getting the support. They're not getting the respect. And they're putting their lives on the line. Come on. You know, we, we, this is a losing issue for the Democrats in the long run. It's a very losing issue for the United States in the long run. Uh, we've got to support law enforcement. We've got to support those who want to make sure they take care of themselves and are law-abiding citizens. It's part of way, the way we got to be where we are as a great nation. Uh, I, I'm very concerned about this, this politicizing of law enforcement. I'm very concerned about a national uh, effort by law enforcement to become political. Uh, and we've got to work hard against that. Yeah. I mean, look, I guess New York's loss will be your gain. And look, I've heard that story from so many places. These nice little suburbs around the country, these red areas, they're getting flooded with applications from New York City police department, police officers who are some of the best in the world. So I guess those places are going to get a lot safer, but too bad for New York. All right, there's, there's a Gallup poll out. I thought it was just awful not surprising but awful i'm not going to go in the numbers race relations are really bad right now but as bad as they've been in a long time between black people and white people and i hate it that we allow these people to divide us the way they did because it's not about race it's not about the the pigment of your skin and yet the truth is more white people hate black people now than they did before more black people hate white people than they did before and that is an ugly place to be and i don't know how we reverse it you know, we should all go back to 1965, Cambridge, um, uh, United Kingdom. There was a great debate between James Baldwin and William F. Buckley on uh, race uh, relations in the United States. And it went on for about 45 minutes, and it was a wonderful discourse uh, about race relations in the United States. And here was a black man, James Baldwin, uh, who gave a brilliant and articulate argument and, and William F. Buckley, in his conservative fashion, which he does very well, uh, even thought he did well, even though William F. Buckley lost the debate. My point is this, is this has been around for a long time. We're able to overcome it. We can't do it through violence. And it's not the color of your skin that matters. And if you listen to James Baldwin's arguments made back then in that debate, it really becomes compelling that we're reliving history and not learning from it. And as once we learn from it, we'll find that we are e pluribus unum, and all of us, 
out of whatever ethnic background, whatever race, whatever religion, we are one together and we can make a better productive and safer nation. We've always been able to do that, but we have to learn from it. Congressman, this is inspiring me that somebody at a university talks the way you talk. So when my sons get old enough that they want to go to college, I might have to send them down to Southeastern. We would love to have them. Beautiful place. Thank you so much. Congressman, appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Sports. We're going to talk to Bobby Barack next about sports. And remember, don't, don't change the channel if you don't care about sports. Look, I don't watch sports anymore, so I'm with you. But sports really matter. They are influential for any society. They're influential for our nation. Let's talk to Bobby next. Hang on. Sports is important. Remember that. You don't have to love it. You don't have to watch it. I don't watch much of it anymore. Sports is an important part of every single culture. Joining me now from Outkick, my buddy Bobby Barak. Bobby, before we get to all the rest of this stuff, you have an article out today on Outkick.com. Quote, the left plans to control white executives through their black employees using fear and manufactured guilt. Elaborate on that. What are you talking about? Yeah, Jesse, so we're seeing this all throughout the culture war, the societal battle. The left wants to take over, and they, they've done it so well with social media and the press. And what it really comes down to in the, the thesis of cancel culture is to find a way to take over corporate America, not only the companies that support them, but the companies that don't, and be able to control what they do. And what you're seeing with this entire Maria Taylor saga, saga, which is one of the biggest stories I think in sports in, in general, is that through manufactured guilt, making white executives feel guilty about things they weren't responsible for and narratives that aren't true, the left has used black employees as pawns. What they're doing is they're using these black employees to ask for more and more money, more and more promotions, knowing that if their bosses who generally are white, don't accept and give in, and they're painted as a racist. That was the entire reason Maria Taylor and her team leaked this story to the New York Times, because they knew in order, her best shot of getting the money that she doesn't deserve Bobby, but wanted, which was Bobby, eight, yeah. hold on one moment, hold on one moment. Break down the story for those of us who don't know what you're talking about. What Maria Taylor saga? Who's Maria Taylor? What happened? Yeah, so Maria Taylor is a 34-year-old studio host at ESPN, relatively talented, versatile. So her contract expired just yesterday, and over the past year, she was offered a $4 million a year contract extension. So she was making a million. ESPN said, we're willing to bump you up to $5 million. But because of this narrative that the New York Times had painted, that ESPN holds back black women, which is factually incorrect. Maria Taylor saw the writing on the wall. Knowing the pressure Disney put on ESPN to erase that narrative, she wanted more than $5 million a year. She wanted $8 million a year. And in the process, ESPN had given her the main studio job for the NBA Finals over Rachel Nichols, who is the veteran who had the job in her contract. And Nichols, as you expect, was furious that someone relatively inexperienced got the job over her. And she was recorded privately on a conversation saying, well, unfortunately, Maria Taylor got this job because she was black. 
And somebody in ESPN got a hold of that tape, gave it to Maria Taylor that was held on to for an entire year and just leaked two weeks ago and painted Ooh. ESPN as a racist and put pressure on them to give her that $8 million that she wanted. One of the dirtiest stories. Jesse, can you imagine a colleague of yours holding on to a private conversation of yours for a year and leaking it two weeks before their contract's up? This is what ESPN's dealing with here. And it's all emblematic okay. of this leftist vision that they've painted where they are now telling corporate America, do as we say, or we're going to label you a racist. And unfortunately, most executives don't have the balls to stand up and they actually bow down and give in. Okay, so I have to ask, did it work? Is she going to get a big fat contract extension, fatter than it was going to be? So, so here's what's so beautiful with the whole situation, Jesse. Just like cancel culture, see, cancel culture started out as a way to, you know, get some really bad dudes off air. Now it's a way to eliminate people that you don't like and it's manufactured by people who are guilty. So like cancel culture, Maria Taylor wore that sharp knife down to nothing. It was so blade that ESPN finally said, we're willing to give you five times your worth. We can't do eight. So she rebelled and, and leaked this thing. And ultimately, Jesse, and here's what's so great. She lost this battle because of her demands became so outrageous, so absurd, un, so unreasonable. ESPN, her guilty white bosses who are petrified of her and her leaks had to finally say, hey, we can't do this. And that's exactly how I see cancel culture ending. At some point, people are gonna say, hey, we've fired enough people, we've shunned enough people, we've held back enough people. We can't keep giving into these demands. Maria Taylor's entire situation is a preview of how most of these leftist movements are going to end. Well, well, I guess some stories do have a happy ending. All right, speaking of TV, news traffic online since Trump left, cratering. CNN lost 20% of its audience. NBC News and The Washington Post are down 27%. New York Times is down 34%. Politico down 44%. ABC News down 55%. Bobby, why? Jesse, this is such an ironic story. The industry that worked for four years to damage Donald Trump broke themselves in half when Donald Trump left the White House. The bottom line is, without Donald Trump, these outlets are not only dishonest, they're boring. I mean, that, that's, that's the bottom line. See, see, here's the best way to put it. When Donald Trump is in the news, CNN, NBC, and NPR, they can lie because they're lying about topics that people care about. Now they're lying about stuff people don't care about. I mean, they can lie and say Joe Biden, such a great president, the savior. He's not, and the, the truth of the matter is, Americans don't really care that much about Joe Biden. So they're not giving Americans any reason to read their sites or watch their channels. Um, I, I ask this sincerely, who misses Donald Trump more? These media outlets that hate him or people that wear the MAGA hats? To me, it's a toss up at this point because they need him. Why are morning television shows failing? Yeah, so this is fascinating too. So a little background. 
Um, morning television shows really fund the news divisions at ABC and NBC. Good Morning America makes about $400 million a year. That makes up most of ABC news revenue. So these networks rely so heavily on morning TV. And quite frankly, these numbers are dipping at rates we've never even seen before. I think it's a product of the same thing as websites is that they've just lost connectivity to their audience. Americans don't want to wake up and hear about, you know, hosts talking about traffic in Manhattan or, you know, their, their, their nanny's not showing up for work. There's such a disconnect. I think Americans look at these people and say, you know, I don't care what Savannah says. I don't care what Hoda says. These people are not for me. They're waking up in their penthouses complaining, talking about how racist the country is, how flawed it is, while most Americans are waking up at 6 a.m. getting ready to go to work at the farm or the factory. Um, they don't care what these people say because deep down, viewers know at this point, these talk show hosts despise them and they despise them right back. I think morning TV is in such big trouble. I think NBC and ABC are going to have to make cuts later on in the lineup because of the money they're expected to lose from Good Morning America in today. So just a little note here, despite losing hundreds of thousands of viewers per year, ABC and NBC have combated that loss by just raising ad rates to their sponsors. Media executives are telling people such as um, NBC's own reporter that advertisers and sponsors no longer wanna pay that. Those days are over. If the ratings do not rebound, they're going to start paying less for ad time during morning TV. Mm, mm, okay, so Bobby Barack has now been placed in charge of uh, ABC News' morning program. How do you fix it? What, what do they need? Is it just gotta be light, fluffy, funny family content? What is it? I put on someone who represents and relates to most of America. No, not not elites, not Ivy League educated people, not Michael Strahan who played in the NFL. People, Jesse, that middle America can wake up to and say, that's a guy, that's a woman that I would go have a beer with. Because right now, that disconnect is swaying viewers so far away. Jesse, you know, you got a radio show. Congratulations to you because you relate to Americans. Average Americans see Jesse Kelly in themselves. They don't see Hoda in themselves. They don't see Robin Roberts in themselves. ABC and NBC need to stop catering to elites in New York and Los Angeles and to the people actually watching their shows, which which used to expand all across the country. That's Bobby simple. Barack, that was that was outstanding. Fascinating. Thank you, my man. Anytime, man. Look, in every walk of life, no matter what you do whether you're an accountant, a lawyer, a doctor, TV or radio, whatever you do, there's no ability like relatability. Remember that. All right, we'll be back. I can't decide how I feel about this video because it's time to lighten the mood and you're going to enjoy it but I, I have some thoughts. I'll play it for you first, though. This is our Wendy's. No one else is Wendy's. This is no One, 
That was actually pretty good jams. I did enjoy it, but two, how mad are you if you're swinging into Wendy's for a late night frosty at nine o'clock and you just want to get your food and go, and instead we have this Instagram society out there now where everybody has to film themselves doing crazy things. How upset would you be if you just wanted your frosty? All right. We have an awesome, awesome climate change special for you tomorrow. You're going to want to watch that. See you then.